Tonight, we're going to specifically talk about one piece of it. Like Mark said, throughout these weeks, uh, we're going to be talking about uh, sex and marriage, different questions, uh, the process of how it all happens. But tonight, uh, we're going to focus on dating, okay? Uh, specifically focus on dating. Now, if there is one, there's a lot of words we can use to describe dating if we wanted to, but if there is one word I would pick, I'm assuming you guys would agree with me. It's the word complicated. <laughs> dating is complicated. Now, this has been the truth for me. I, I, my sort of journey with, with dating, if you will, uh, I can remember going back to elementary school and I was playing on the playground and uh, someone ran up to me. It was a group of girls and they were like, Karen likes you. And I was like, oh, interesting. Okay, Karen. And then they said, Karen wants to know if you will go out with her. Okay, of course, dating then, you didn't actually go anywhere. It was just like a moniker that you could have, right? And I was like, okay, yeah, sure. I'll go out with Karen. So Karen and I were going out. Later, later on at recess, uh, you know, fast forward seven minutes later, uh, Tanner, Tanner Rutledge uh, starts spreading this rumor. Someone comes up to me like, dude, Tanner wants to fight you. He heard you're going out with Karen, and he's got a crush on Karen. And I was like, okay, I won't go out with her anymore. <laughs> uh, mind you, I haven't even talked to Karen at this point. So I break up with Karen. Uh, this group of girls comes back, and they're like, uh, they're like uh, Karen is so sad. Look at her over there. And she's on the other side of the playground, super sad. <laughs> and so I'm like, okay, well, I'll go back out with her, okay? So we go back out. No joke. This is, this is a true story. Later in the day, so we're going out. We're doing our thing apart from each other. And later in the day, I'm going to my fourth grade, like, homeroom. And I'm getting at, the like, the water fountain. Someone comes beside me. They're like, oh, man, I hate to break this to you, buddy, but uh, Karen is going to break up with you. She's just upset about the whole Tanner thing, and she wants to be done. I'm like, that. so that was the beginning of my complications. Uh <laughs> And then junior high and high school, I want to show you guys a picture, sort of dating how it progressed. This is a picture of a, like a kind of a phone I would have had in junior high. This is a, cord, like a phone with a cord, okay? And uh, they had these cool ones where you could see through it, and it's like, wow, look at that. Uh, but dating for then junior high, uh, you know, you didn't have a cell phone, obviously. You didn't text. You'd have to take the brave step of getting someone's number, and then you'd call later that night, and the person, the, like the kid wouldn't pick up, but their parents would pick up. And, and the parent would say, uh, and I, you know, I'd say, hey, I'm, I'd like to talk to Brittany. And the dad would be like, who is this? It's <laughs> uh, a friend of hers. And you do the whole talking thing. And so that was the next step, like actually you were talking on the phone, right? Uh, the third step, I remember in college, it was still super complicated. And this is a super embarrassing story. Luckily, this stays in this room, right? What I'm about to tell you guys? Okay. Uh, <laughs> so uh, early on in college, uh, I got these free tickets to go to a hockey game in Oklahoma City. And I invited this girl that I was just interested in. I said, hey, you got these free tickets. Do you want to go to this hockey game with me? And she said, uh, no, I, you know, I'm busy tonight. Okay, no problem. So I decided to ask another girl that was, I was sort of interested in to go to this hockey game with me. She said, yes. Okay, cool. Later that day, the first girl said, hey, it turns out I can go. Right. And so a, a normal person would just say, 
well, I'm sorry, like, you know, now I, I have to rescind the offer or something. Uh, I said, okay, cool. <laughs> so, I <laughs> seriously, I take two girls on one date. And if you're thinking, oh, oh, dude, that's actually pretty cool. No, it was super awkward. It was the worst decision of my life. I took these two girls on a date at a hockey game, and it was just embarrassing, awkward. Nobody knew what to do. Dating is complicated. It's always been complicated, right? Uh, but I would argue, and this is mostly from talking with people like you, dating is even more complicated now than it ever was. It's more complicated now. Uh, we could name a lot of reasons, but I think uh, the main reason is uh, technology. Technology. The comedian uh, Aziz Ansari says this, uh, today, if you own a smartphone, <laughs> you're carrying a uh, 24-7 uh, singles bar in your pocket. That's the truth, right? With all these uh, apps and with all the technology available. Uh, I looked up some stats. Over 50 million people uh, are on dating apps right now. There's hundred, uh, hundreds of apps. Uh, my friend in Oklahoma, he's on Farmers Only app because he's a farmer. <laughs> I'm serious. Uh, it's a real true story. Uh, there's an app called Sizzle. It's for bacon lovers, <laughs> which I just thought was all of us. Like, that's everybody. Uh, there's an app for, uh, for people who love beards. That's great. Again, I just thought that was all of us. Uh, so there's just, you know, the apps create a lot of complications. And then I'm learning about all these terms uh, that come with modern-day dating, like ghosting. I heard a phrase called zombieing, catfishing, haunting, micro-cheating. Have you guys heard of that one? Breadcrumbing. This is a weird one. Stashing. There's all these terms that I'm learning. And then not just apps, there's uh, the texting thing, right? Texting is so complicated. I prefer texting over talking on the phone. I do, but it's so complicated. And, it, you know, I'm assuming with dating, like in real life, you start, you're going to finally say something to somebody. You sort of step out and you type, type up a text. And then you're like, okay, now they're going to respond. You see those three dots? And then the three dots disappear. And then they come back for a little bit, and you're like, okay. And then they disappear again, and then they just never say anything. You're like, well, what does that mean? What did, I, did I say something wrong? Is it bad? Like texting has no context to the relationship, right? Apparently, there's a phrase called textlationship, uh, where people are in a relationship primarily by texting, not in person. See, social interaction is so different in our day and age. Uh, we, we have a term as well called workism. Where a lot of us in this day and age, work has become almost our religion. And so the pace of life, with combined with technology, we don't get out a lot. We don't have a lot of social interaction, which makes dating more complicated than ever. And we need to talk about it tonight as a community. And I do want to, ha I want to say a caveat here at the beginning. I talked to one of my single friends this week, and she was like, you know, I don't always love when married people try to tell me uh, advice on dating. Uh, you know, like, don't come at me. You don't know what I'm going through. So I, I want to be very clear with you. I don't know what you're going through, right? I've been out of the game for 12 years now. I've been married for 12 years. Yeah, one applause. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> Um, okay, uh, that's the caveat. I want to be very clear. This is not a time for me to just give you advice. 
Tonight, what I want to do specifically with dating is to look at some biblical principles that I think will apply to us all, Uh, even if you're already in a relationship. Maybe uh, you have been heartbroken in the past. This will apply to you. Maybe you're already married. This will apply to you as well. Maybe you've been divorced. These are biblical principles uh, that I think God is teaching us about healthy relationships. And maybe you're in this room even tonight, and you're not a Christian. Or maybe you're deconstructing your faith and you're not sure you you can track with all these biblical principles. I truly believe if you uh, sort of follow these things we talk about tonight, this is still going to help you, even if you don't consider yourself a Christian. All right? So we're going to get in this together. And I want to start off by giving uh, a working definition for dating, okay? This is going to be like the most simple definition of dating we can do. Here we go. And my track record's not great with writing on this board, I'm just going to tell you. Misspelled words, inappropriate drawings. (laughs) That's a throwback to, like, February. Okay. Okay, so dating is the process of, this is going to be a tricky one, evaluating a person. So this is, like, a super clinical, unromantic uh, definition of dating. This is sort of getting to the very core of what dating is, like super clinical. I don't recommend you going to somebody and say, hey, can I take you out to coffee? I'd love to enter into a process of evaluating you. (laughs) Like, just don't do that, okay? Uh, But this is sort of the core of what dating is, right? Dating is a, a process and a person. It's a process of evaluating a person. So there's two pieces to it, right? Uh, There's the how, and there's the who. Now the how, we're gonna talk about in two weeks, okay? So how is sort of the process of dating. Uh, Should we have sex? Should we live together? Should I use apps? Uh, uh, How should we go about it? Like the whole process, that's the how. But tonight, we're gonna start with who. We're going to talk about who, because this is what I truly believe in my heart as I've been thinking about this topic and praying about it. I believe this. Healthy relationships don't start with the how. They start with the who. Healthy relationships don't start with the process. How am I going to go about it? How is this going to work? It starts with the who, and that's what we're going to talk about now. Uh, Before we go into the details of dating, we have to talk about the core of who, okay? So how do we focus on the who? There's two pieces, two simple pieces I want to talk about tonight. The first who is you. Everybody turn to somebody and say, the first who is you. That's surprising amount of people actually did that. Uh, the first who is you. Uh, welcome to Sanctuary. My name is Adam. I like to make a lot of rhymes. Before we can evaluate this person, this who, we have to focus on you, on ourselves. Uh, I want to read you a quote that I've said a lot, and this is sort of a core uh, belief to my theology and a core belief to our church. Uh, From Dallas Willard, uh, the most important thing in your life is not what you do. It's not your job. It's not your hobbies. 
It's not the things you do. And in our case tonight, the most important thing is, is not who you date. The most important thing is who you become. This is core to what it means to be a Christian. A lot of us, I've, I say this a lot, but it's so important. A lot of us get the core of Christianity wrong. Jesus never uh, told people to pray a prayer to go to heaven. Jesus uh, never said, hey, become a Christian. What did Jesus tell people to do? He said, follow me. Become my disciple and become like me. Be transformed by me. This is the goal of Christian life. We talked about this in July in the book of Philippians. The goal of Christian life is to know Christ and to become more and more like him, to know him intimately. And I think this is the core to healthy relationships and healthy dating. The first who is you. Again, I really like rhymes. That's good. Uh, so there's this thing when you're, uh, you're a parent like I am, when you go on a plane, you've probably heard this at some point, uh, but the, they'll go down the aisle and they'll have these oxygen masks, and they always go to the parents. Now they say every single flight that I'm on, they go to me, and they say, do you understand that in the, the case of an accident, you need to put the oxygen mask first on you and then your kid next, right? You first, okay. and why do they always feel the need to say this every time? It's because it go, it's counterintuitive, right? Uh, these kids that I love and I'm spending a lot of money on over time, invested <laughs> a lot, uh, like my first gut reaction is going to be to protect them. I'm just going to run to them. I'm going to try to save them. But here's the reality. If I can't breathe, I can't help them. If I'm dead, I can't help them, Right. So it's counterintuitive, but they're trying to get into our mind. You have to put your mask on. You have to take care of yourself so that you can help somebody else. This is an amazing principle that teaches us about relationships. We can't create a healthy relationship if we ourselves are not healthy. I'll say it again. We can't create a healthy relationship if we ourselves are not healthy. Thank you, brother. Uh, all right. See, there's this myth uh, a lot of us have. A preacher in Atlanta calls it the myth of the perfect person, and I love that. Many of us have this myth. I had it for years. Uh, we think of this perfect person in our mind, and we think, when they come into my life, everything will be fixed. Uh, that impatience that I have now, once that person comes, I'll be fine. That, that porn addiction that I have now, once I get married, man, now it's going to be fine. All of these issues, when this perfect person comes along, I'm going to be transformed. And we put all of our hope and our uh, value and our worth in this person. And we need to flip that. The oxygen mass has to come to us first. We have to first look at ourselves. We have to find our satisfaction and our worth through Christ alone. One of my favorite things that Jesus ever talked about is in John 15. You guys have heard me talk about this as well. This is one of the core pieces of my faith. And he, uh, he uses the illustration of a plant and a vine to talk to us about what it means to become like Jesus. And he says this in verse 4, Abide in me and I in you. 
as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you. Unless you abide in me, I'm the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, uh, he it is that bears much fruit. And we'll talk about fruit here in a little bit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. It's such a powerful image of being connected to Jesus, our source. The Greek word for abide is uh, meno, meno, which means to dwell, to stay, to remain, to remain with Jesus moment by moment. It's a state that begins and continues. It doesn't stop. Continuing being with Jesus. How do you put the oxygen mask on yourself first? How do you bear fruit, become a better person? How do you find satisfaction and purpose? How will you grow and become more complete? It's not through a a relationship with another human. There is no perfect person that you'll meet someday that's going to save you and you'll find all your completion through them. It's not through a person out there. It is through remaining in Jesus connected to the source that created you, the one who knows you, loves you, calls you a beloved son or daughter, letting him transform you into a new creation. This is how we become complete and healthy. Uh, It's not with someone else. We have to be able to find that satisfaction and worth alone with Jesus. So a question you may ask, I think, and some Christian circles even teach us a little bit. If I do this, if I'm, you know, if I'm finding my worth through Jesus, I'm connected to him, I'm learning through him, uh, then am I promised to receive that person and that relationship? And the answer is no. That's a brutal answer, but the answer is no. You're not promised that. A, th- a truth we don't talk about a lot, Jesus himself was single. The person we sort of form our life around. He himself was single. Paul said at one point, if you can remain single, it's actually probably preferred that you do it. It's a little easier to follow Jesus when you are single. See, a lot in the church, a lot of times we make marriage and relationships an idol. That's the goal. When we've already talked about this, that's not the goal. The goal is to know Jesus and become like him, to be his disciple. If I can name one uh, thing, the most important thing for healthy relationships, beyond anything we'll talk about the rest of these weeks, this is it. Finding your worth, your satisfaction in Christ alone. Remaining in him. Connecting to the source. So the first who is you. Because that's a good rhyme. Okay. Okay, now the second who I don't have a rhyme for. Uh, The second who, after we focus on us, And our relationship with Jesus, then we can focus on this person, right? Uh, But what I've noticed is uh, we a lot of times do this wrong in our culture. So I want to ask you to to engage in this practice with me. Will you close your eyes? And as we close our eyes, this is what I'm going to ask you. Picture in your head uh, your perfect mate, (laughs) perfect companion, okay? If you're dating somebody, you're married, and they're sitting next to you, just Make sure and tell them that you're thinking of them, <laughs> okay? Okay, so you're thinking of that person. You're sort of cobbling together. Maybe you have a specific person, okay? Got it? Okay, now open your eyes, and I want to show you a picture 
Okay. <laughs> this is, in seventh grade, uh, there's a show called Saved by the Bell. And this is Kelly Kapowski. Okay, Kelly Kapowski, uh, for you youngins, she was a cheerleader on Saved by the Bell. Uh, just look at those bangs, you know. Uh, she was sort of this this person I had in my mind. I would watch her on TV and like, man, she's just the perfect person. And now for you ladies out there, there's uh, there also Zach Morris. Look at that guy. Woo! I mean, come on. That hair is awesome. Uh, yeah. These were like, man, Saved by the Bell in seventh grade. These were sort of these perfect people that you look at. And here's the deal. In our culture, we tend to look at characteristics and features, right? When we're looking and we're thinking of a person, uh, we're thinking of features and characteristics. I asked a friend just uh, recently, I, I asked her if she was interested in this one guy, and she was like, no, nah, he's too short. I was like, okay. Like, that's a, that's a characteristic, like a feature, right? Uh, eyes. Do they have like dreamy blue eyes, right? Uh, sense of humor. Sense of humor is great. We want somebody to make us laugh. Uh, job. Man, we want somebody that drives that Tesla, you know? Yeah. Uh, uh, height. Height, like I mentioned, we want somebody that's tall enough, not too tall, not too short, you know, right height. Uh, we've got all these features, right? And these are all important. I'm not bashing those. We should have those to a certain extent. Here's what I want to say tonight. To have a healthy, cohesive relationship, we have to focus on character, not characteristics. To have a healthy relationship, we have to focus on character, not characteristics. See, what we tend to do is we cobble together this fantasy person. where We have the perfect eyes and the perfect body and the perfect laughter and job, and we have that in our mind, this fantasy person, and uh, it's not real. It's a fantasy. This isn't real people. It's really interesting. There's this book called Love and Sex with Robots. It's uh, written by an author named, I know, that's weird. Uh, it's written by an author named David Levy. And it's just fascinating. He has said in interviews that I've read, he claims there will be a day soon uh, when we will actually marry robots. Uh, we, we can put together a perfect person. He's found that people like the idea of having this perfect person without all the human messiness, without all the human elements. And this is not real love, right? Real love uh, features are temporary. You guys are sort of in the peak of your life, mid-20s-ish, uh, and this is the newsflash, like wrinkles are going to eventually happen to you. Uh, you're going to start gaining weight, and your metabolism is going to slow down, right? That's starting to happen to me right now as we speak. Uh, these these features are temporary, right? True love goes way deeper. A follower of Jesus uh, should be looking for lasting, eternal character traits. When we focus on the who, uh, we want to look in beyond characteristics into the person, uh, the character of Jesus. Now, the best place that we can find what this character looks like uh, is by looking at the fruits of the Spirit. Uh, so let's look at Galatians 5, verse 22. And this is just a list of the fruit of the Spirit. Earlier we talked about being connected to the source, connected to the vine, and following that illustration, if we're connected to God, then we will bear fruit, right? And this is the fruit. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, 
goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. So when we're connected, when we're meno to Jesus, this will be our character. Instead of eyes or butt or sense of humor, job, we want to look and evaluate a person on, on these things. We want to look at these character traits. So I want to put up that full list, and I just want to walk us through. Uh, when we're looking at the who, this is what we should be looking for. First one is love, right? The Greek for that is agape. Now, this kind of love, agape, there's four different kind of loves used in the Greek language, and agape is not one that's focused on desire. This kind of love is not a, net, uh, not a chick flick type love, right? This is a kind of love that is focused on sacrificial love for the other. When you're looking for the who, when you're looking for the person, you want to find somebody that is focused on others, not on themselves. Someone who's known for their love. The second one is joy, which is a kara, kara, and I love this one. Uh, you guys ever seen the skit uh, Debbie Downer? <laughs> you remember that one on SNL? Basically, people would be talking together, and Debbie Downer would come in. And maybe they're talking about, I remember one scene, they're talking about Christmas, how much they love Christmas. And she says something like, well, you know, the best thing about Christmas is all the credit card companies. <laughs> and then there'd be a little, like, horn that go, brr, brr. I was like, Debbie Downer, right? Uh, what we want to focus on when we look at the who is someone who is uh, just known for joy. The Greek word uh, means delight. Someone whose life is full of delight. And this is not just like happiness put on a smile all the time. This is a deep internal joy in the midst of hardship, in the midst of frustration. Someone who has a deep joy because they're connected to the source. The next one is peace. Irene, Irene, peace. We've talked about this one before. This is a word that means uh, shalom, harmony rest, calm. I don't know about you guys, when I look at the news, I look at politics and our world, I don't see a lot of shalom. And to have a healthy relationship, we want to be partnering with somebody who carries a calmness about them. Everywhere they go, they have a peace. Uh, the next one is patience. I love this one. Uh, Macrothmia. Uh, it can mean long-suffering, enduring, not quick-tempered, if you want to learn about someone's patience, just uh, travel on the 101 with them at some point in the you know, middle of traffic. Just find out about that. Uh, patience, man. If you're going to be in a long-term, healthy relationship, wow, what an important trait. What an important trait. Someone who is patient with you, with the things that you mess up with, your character flaws. Patience is huge. The next two are pretty similar, kindness and goodness. Christotes, uh, yeah, I can't say that. Uh, these are simple ones. This is sort of 101 of being a Christian, but how many people have you met where you just leave and you're like, ah, I didn't really enjoy talking to that person. Not very pleasant, that one. Kindness and goodness, character traits we want to look for. A few more, faithfulness, pistis, faithfulness, steadfast commitment. This is what we want in a relationship, steadfast commitment in God and in each other. Then gentleness. I'm not even going to try to say that Greek word. I love this one because it's humility, even-tempered. 
especially girls, as you look for guys, man, you want somebody who's got a humility to them, a gentleness, right? And then finally, a huge one, self-control. Self-control, someone who's sober, temperate, knows how to control their own desires, and especially sexual. Self-control. See, this, this is the who that we want to be looking for. We want to focus on character, not characteristics. Now, a question you might be thinking of, you might be asking, like, I'm looking at that list, and man, I don't really have all those. <laughs> or maybe you're just looking at them and you get a little overwhelmed. Here's the deal. We're not looking for perfection, right? That's never the goal of the Christian life either. What we're looking for is a healthy person. We're looking for someone who has character, who's connected to the vine. Because if they're connected to the source, over time they will continue to bear more and more fruit, as we will as well. So the big idea for tonight, uh, in the process of evaluating the person, healthy relationships, don't start with the how. We don't go there first, we start with the who. And the first who is you. You have to start there. And then the second piece, the other person, you have to look for character, not characteristics. Now, uh, I want to tell you a little of my story. And I, again, caveat, I don't want this to sound like advice. It's not advice, okay? This is just my own personal story. Uh, when I was in college, I uh, really had this belief that I talked about earlier that this perfect person was going to come along and fix me. I'd sort of grown up in conservative Christianity, and I had this mindset of, like, the one. We'd always say that phrase, is he or she the one? And so I had this in mind, man, the one is going to come along, and it's all going to be fixed. And so I met this girl uh, early on in college. I was introduced by my, co- uh, by my cousin, and this girl was a Christian. Uh, she had been uh, on mission trips like me, and so we connected together. And as we started uh, dating, man, I instantly thought, this is the one. This is the one. And I put all of my faith and my hope in this person. And I think she did as well. We were just really thought uh, we were the right thing for each other, and we would sort of fix each other. We could find our worth through each other. A few months later, uh, we broke up uh, because we were not right for each other. And it was devastating for me. It was so hard because I had put so much faith in this relationship, and, uh, and it was broken. And it's always in hindsight, it seems like not a big deal. But I remember in that moment just thinking like, man, I, I'm so hurt. I don't know how I'm ever going to recover from this. And I talked to a mentor of mine. And this mentor, uh, he said, hey, you need to not worry about dating right now. You need to not worry about other people. You need to focus uh, on your relationship with God. And I know it sounds like, yeah, okay, the pastor is telling me to focus on my relationship with God, right? Very cliche. But he told me that. He was like, you need to work on getting healthy yourself. Stop worrying about trying to find somebody in this moment. And he was like, I would recommend, like, for two years, don't even worry about dating. I was like, two years? You're crazy. That's not going to happen. But I was like, okay, I will commit to, like, a season of just really, really trying to learn who I am, becoming who I am. I say season weird? Okay. Anyways. Uh, So in this season, I really committed to it. Uh, This is the first year in my life that I read through the Bible completely. 
I started memorizing scripture for the first time and meditating on scripture, learning what it meant to be connected to the vine. I started uh, actually going off and taking days of solitude to be with God. And I started finding my satisfaction in Christ. I started learning about who he was internally. And uh, before I knew it, two years had passed. It was crazy. I hadn't even really thought about it. And uh, around this two-year time, again, I wasn't even really looking at that point. A couple of friends came up to me, and they were like, there's this girl you have to meet. And they said, you know, she was pretty, had a great sense of humor. But what they really said, they were like, she's got just a similar character to you. She's solid in her faith. You just have to meet her. And I was like, ah, yeah, I'll give it a try. And so we ended up just hanging out with friends for the next few months. And I got to start seeing how she interacted with others. I saw her, her agape love for other people. I saw her patience in many situations. I got to see her character come out. And I started falling in love with her character. It was a lot like Jesus. Then later that summer, we went off to this college like discipleship program. And so we weren't even allowed to date. And so we would go and uh, we like run on the beach. This was in Florida. And uh, it sounds a lot like a date, right? But uh, we said it wasn't. Uh, we, we'd go on these runs, and the whole purpose of these runs, we would just ask each other questions, like philosophical questions, theological questions. And what we began to uncover with each other was our character. Who is this person deep down? What do they believe? Who are they connected to? And over time, man, I just fell in love with who she was deep inside. And after a certain uh, period, uh, we started dating. And by that point, then we became to evaluating the more like practical things. Like, are we a fit for each other, personality-wise, some of that other stuff. But already, already by that point, uh, who I was deep inside, I wasn't going to find my satisfaction in her. She didn't have uh, the ability to, to make me joyful deep inside or not. That was already coming from, from Jesus, and the same with her. And then already, before we started this, we were already sure of each other's character. I knew who she was deep down inside. And so as we get in our dating process, uh, man, it was already firm on the foundation of what it was. And from the deepest part of my heart tonight, that's what I want to tell you guys. Uh, relationship series can often be so uh, drenched in practicalities, and we'll get to those some later in the series. But I want to speak from my heart to your heart and tell you, if you can't find your satisfaction in God and who you are, no other person will make that happen. It's just not going to happen. I want to be real with you there. That's not saying relationships aren't amazing. I have an amazing marriage. I love my wife. It's what I would consider healthy. I wouldn't want to do life without her, but, but I know that my satisfaction can't come from her alone. And, then, and the, I want to tell you from my heart again, uh, if you're focused on the features of someone you want to date, uh, you're going to end up finding someone who's lacking in character. You need to focus on character first, features second. And then you'll know that they have lasting qualities, not just features that'll fade away. Okay. So let's pray together, and uh, we'll jump into some worship. Well, Father, I'm so thankful for tonight, uh, for us to just be able to talk a little bit about 
what it looks like to have a healthy relationship. And God, I know there are a lot of different circumstances in this room. People who have been just hurt and hurt and hurt. And so, Father, I pray for them right now. Uh, God, that they just don't even know how to approach a relationship. And what I would pray for them is that they would feel deep in their bones this reality that they are a beloved son or daughter of God. That before any other human, you look on them as a beautiful creation, that they are an image of Yahweh. Would you help us all find our uh, worth through you alone? Would you help us seek out the source? Would you help us find satisfaction with you? And Father, I just pray a prayer of blessing on each person in this room as they go about this complicated world, just weird world, trying to navigate how to communicate, um, how to date, how to fall in love, how to do this the best way they know how. God, I just pray that you would give them uh, wisdom and a lot of grace. Uh, God, because we all just uh, get it wrong at times. So, Father, would you uh, help us? Would you guide us? It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.